You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. Mary's Parish in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. We just had an amazing story uh, given to us from Karen. Yeah. Oh, those are always so amazing. I know. Eucharistic Miracles is kind of our little uh, subject this first hour. So uh, we're moving right along, and we're going to talk with uh, Earl Markley and Jim Koenig. Koenig. Correct. Thank you for joining us. This isn't your first time being on with us, Earl. You've been on many times, and so have you, Jim. Mm -hmm. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves. About myself? Yes. I'm unimportant. Unimportant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just a a Catholic man that lives in T. I grew up in, actually I grew up at St. Paul's Indian Mission. Hmm. I I was the only white boy in the Indian school there. Mm -hmm. So I got a little bit of reverse discrimination. But uh, my Catholicism was deeply embedded in me, you might say. At that time, my there were six priests down there, and my dad would, when they got fed up with children, you know, mm-hmm. they got four hundred kids down there. Where is this? This is south, uh, south and west of Wagner, South Dakota. Oh, okay. Anyway, when the priest would get fed up with dealing with these kids, Dad told him, "If you feel like it, just pop in for supper, with you. you know, whenever." So. Between the six priests, we had somebody at supper almost all the time. We'd just walk <laughs> awesome. in the door. Sure. And then after supper, we'd take them fishing or golfing or hunting or whatever and just help them get away for a while. So I was with priests constantly. I love it. And uh, they uh, impressed me. Yeah. Hmm. How about you, Jim? I'm from um, Tyndall, South Dakota. Oh, okay. And uh, St. Leo the Great Parish. And... Uh, um, my wife Kathleen and three children, and uh, my two daughters living in Minnesota. And, um, and what, what's really quite interesting is how Earl and I got acquainted. Mm-hmm. We sh- we never knew each other at all until when was Easter time in nine in twenty what twenty ten or twenty nine something like that. And um, we met and uh, we developed a marvelous relationship hmm. i tolerate him he tolerates me more than i tolerate him so. <laughs> I you know one of the that. things just to, one of the things we have trouble with with the eucharist when we're traveling around mm-hmm. is that we go into places where they have a sign up that says we don't take checks here and and jim's a check so oh. we, have, we have to find someplace else to go <laughs> we give him my hard case. time <laughs> So you guys uh, have have been for how many years now has it been, Earl? This August, I just looked it up. This August, it'd be ten years. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, so you guys have traveled around with this Eucharistic miracles display. First, let's talk about um, how the display came to be originally. Okay, you mean from the Vatican? Yes. Well, Carlo Chias was a fifteen-year-old boy that put the exhibit together when he when he'd find uh, a place where there was a eucharistic miracle his family would take him there and he'd study it and if it was something that he thought was awesome he'd go back and make a poster of it amazing and uh, 
after he did, uh, I think there's 160 Eucharistic miracle posters, and and then he died. Mm-hmm. And he's in the process of sainthood right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, his mother donated it to the Vatican, and the Vatican said they wanted it to be out for the whole world to see. And so Father Harding's group brought it to America. And I was reading the, a Catholic newspaper one day after Mass, and I seen this article talking about uh, the Eucharistic miracles display, and there was a phone number on there. I didn't even finish reading the article. I don't. I don't even know why I did it. I just got up, and went to the phone, dialed that number, mm-hmm. and a woman answered, and she said, "Can I help you?" And I said, "Do you have a Eucharistic miracles display?" And she says, "Yeah. What's your address?" I mean, she's real, real kind of crude. <laughs> so I gave her my address. She said, "I'll send it to you." Wow. And I said, "What?" Oh, okay. Okay. So I hung up. I didn't have any idea what that meant. Right. So I got a CD, and I tried to open it on my computer. It went open. Well, I work in the printing industry. Uh-huh. So I took it to a print shop, and they could open it, and they showed me the 160 posters. And and then we uh, talked to Jim about it, and we decided uh, maybe we should try to get them printed. It's very expensive. I think all in all, we got almost $10,000 wrapped up in everything wow. that we're dealing with. But we ended up printing it up. And one of the problems we had is how to display it because some places they just print them up and hang them on the wall and just leave them there. Yeah. Well, we can't travel around and put them on the walls of people. (laughs) (laughs) So I started looking for easels. I thought if we get a two-sided easel, we could we could put them on a table and put one on each side. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find any anywhere. I finally found one in our printing book that was like eighty some dollars. Well, for 160 posters, that would have been unbelievable. Yep. So finally, I had a carpenter make one, and he brought it to me, and I thought, we need a semi to haul 80 of these things. And so <laughs> I threw that away. And I got into practice at night when I'd go to bed. I, I had all the posters printed and everything mm-hmm. by that time. And at night when I'd go to bed, I'd tell God, and remember, Lord, if you don't get me some easels, this thing ain't going anywhere. Wow. <laughs> and I did that every night for two, three weeks. And one night, in the middle of the night, I woke up and had a picture of a crucifix turned upside down, two of them, and bolted at the top. Yeah. So next morning, I called Father Mangan, or Monsignor Mangan. Yeah. And uh, I said, Father, or my senior, and I told him what I what I had envisioned, and he, I said, you know, that might work. And he said, you think? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that would I, be more like, praise be Jesus Christ, you think? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I went to a carpenter shop, a cabinet shop. A friend of mine's brother made cabinets, and I said, could you make me one of those? And he said, yeah. So he made me one, and I took it home, and I put it together and everything it worked great so then i said to him uh find out how much money you'd want to make about 80 of them and the guy said well we'll just make them for you wow so the lord not only answered my prayer but he got them to us for free Uh right Right. so how can you beat that right (laughs) so some of the folks in the diocese of sioux falls have seen you around um but you have traveled outside of the sioux falls diocese we've been in 90 locations in seven different states wow and you're kind of like jesus was you know in nazareth you know he he was accepted more outside right exactly we we have better luck out of state Sure. Mm-hmm. And we, we've taken on the logo of a donkey. 
Yep. <laughs> because just to make a story, uh, we were at one priest's place in Macintosh, and uh, Father said, you're going to be really blessed for doing this. And I said, you know how I look at it, Father? And he said, no. And I said, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. And I'm hauling him around in the Eucharistic. He said, I just figure I'm a donkey. <laughs> and Jim put his hand on Father's shoulder and said, and remember, Father, they use a different word for donkey in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's the kind of friendship we yep. got going all the time. Yep. Oh, I love it. So if somebody is interested and i want to get when we come back from break we have a break here coming up so i don't want to get too far into it but i want a story uh, one of your favorite stories off of these boards because there's so many of them unbelievable um we've seen it at our 125th anniversary for the diocese of sioux falls it was presented there we had it at the mustard seed um when we come back, let's talk about places you'd like to go with it, how much it costs to bring it around, and all of that kind of stuff. And then one of your favorite stories from the boards that he put together. Okay. So um, we're talking with Earl and Jim this morning, and they bring around a Eucharistic miracle display, and they travel, and they have a trailer, which is a whole nother story. So we're going to take a quick break when we come back more with the Eucharistic miracles display right after this. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. I think Catholic Radio gives us an opportunity to be family as a church, number one, um, to connect in places where distance is huge in our part of the country. And um, we are inundated with uh, the influence of secular media in our world today. Um, I think that Catholic Radio presents that worldview that is really necessary. And um, I really uh, feel that as parents in particular, those of you who have younger children, are really uh, blessed to have this opportunity to have programming that encourages young people to think outside the box that they're getting on all the other social media that they're exposed to. I think Catholic Catholic media is a world of friends. It's um, not only just a friend uh, as you listen to the people that you know. We need to be strengthened in our voice as a church and as uh, faithful Catholics. For more than 20 years, the University of Mary has watched students thrive through affordable, flexible, and formative online education programs. Now, we are delighted to announce the expansion of these offerings with the robust portfolio of advanced education options created intentionally for the Catholic working professional. Our programs offer accelerated formats with classes beginning every five weeks throughout the year and the potential for a return on your investment in the very first year. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. Now is the time to stand up for life and dignity in Minnesota. Hello, this is Archbishop Bernard Hebda. Join Catholics across Minnesota for Catholics at the Capitol, April 15th at the Cathedral of St. Paul. Be formed in the faith, informed on issues impacting life and dignity, and sent on mission to transform our state. We will celebrate Mass, hear from inspiring speakers, and head to the Capitol in a Eucharistic procession before meeting with legislators. Get your tickets at catholicsatthecapitol.org. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. 
And welcome back. I am Heather Carroll. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. And we're talking today from St. Mary's. St. Mary's if Parish. I could get it around the right it's way. Right. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We're talking with Earl and Jim about the Eucharistic Miracles display. And I had a load of questions to ask before we went to commercial break. One I want to get to first is, can you share one of these stories that is on one of these boards? They're pointing at each other. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the one that everybody's interested in, a lot of places now that we're starting to go to are places can't take the full exhibit, so we have to downsize it. So we moved all the latest ones to the front, so when, when we unload the trailer... Those oh. are, those will be out for sure. Okay. And <clears throat> the one everybody's interested in is the one in uh, Argentina, where Pope Francis came from. And the reason that's so exciting is because nowadays, back in the old days, they did not have DNA and stuff. I, I don't know if they even knew blood type. But now they have blood type. And Dr. Caston took uh, samples of this exhibit, of this host and did a blind test to three different world-renowned scientists and had it tested. And uh, they got the DNA, they got the blood type, they found out there's white corpuscles in it, and et cetera, et cetera. Actually, one one, uh, professor said, well, you know, when mold sets in, there's a mold that's red. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, but does it have white corpuscles in it? (laughs) What does that mean? That's what happens when you get traumatized. Mm. And so they were able to tell the, that this man was severely beaten, whoever wow. he was. And uh, and uh, they said it had two problems with it. Number one problem was uh, how old was this specimen in Dr. Caston? Dr. Caston is an atheist. Okay. They always hire Catholics, hire atheists to do this, so it's <laughs> it. untainted, you know. Right. And the problem they're having is they're running out of atheists because they usually become Catholic <laughs> at the end. <laughs> but anyway... Um, it was about five years old when he took these samples around, and uh, the, the doctors all said, if that's the case, how come these cells are still alive and pulsing? Because they die in 10 minutes after they leave the body. Oh, my goodness. And uh, they said there was one other problem they'd never seen before, and he said, what's that? And he said, well, we got the DNA, and we can tell a lot of things with that, but he said, the DNA is not complete. And Dr. Caston said, what's that mean? He said, it means that we found the markers or the chromosomes for the mother, but there are any for the father. Oh, my. And that's impossible. Wow. Yeah. So then Dr. Caston, uh, <laughs> he could hardly believe that, but he, he heard about the La Siena miracle, which was 1,250 years ago. Mm-hmm. So he went and got a sample from that one and took it to these same three doctors and had them test it. And... Uh, and the uh, doctors all come back and they said, we can tell after testing this second sample that the second sample came from the same man as the first sample. Wow. The cells are still alive and beating. Same DNA, <laughs> same incomplete DNA. So 1,250 years apart, same man. Wow. So that's that's kind of the one everybody talks about. Sure. I don't know what Jim's thinking for yeah, one. That sounds good to me. <laughs> that sounds good to me. What else do we need? <laughs> but you have to you listen to something like this and read and read the poster and everything. You just get goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah. bumps. I call them yeah. holy bumps. It's just, it's a confirmation. Oh, absolutely. It's just a confirmation of mm-hmm. what we've been taught since we were babies, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. 
So people come in and they walk through, and it's hard to know where they are in their spiritual lives. Right. Can you talk about some experiences um, that you've witnessed people having? Mm -hmm. One of the things we've started doing more lately is putting it on a presentation. Mm -hmm. And the reason... The reason I come up with this idea of putting on a presentation is it's really hard to believe this is happening, isn't it? Yeah. But when I talk to the people in my presentation, my goal is to get them to think, is this possible? So if I can get them in the mood where they think, is this possible? And then they go into the exhibit, there's no doubt after that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see so many. One of the things that just... Me and Jim up, we talk about it all the time. Is so many places we go, and people will be reading a poster, and all of a sudden just start crying. Wow! And yeah. we were down in uh, was it Nebraska where that little Karen called me in one night, Wednesday night? Yeah, we actually left it with a parish, Kansas by Wichita. Oh, okay, it was in Kansas. We left it with them for a week, and uh, on Wednesday night, this woman called me. And she's such a cute She said, I've never done anything like this before, but I wanted it in the parish. And most parishes will put a little committee together to bring it in so the priests don't have to handle it. (laughs) Great idea. (laughs) Yeah, there's an idea for you, Father. Um, This little girl, she's such a sweet woman. And she called me Wednesday night. She said, Earl, I, I have a problem. And I said, what's the problem? And she said, well, I'm in this exhibit, and this woman's walking around reading posters. All of a sudden, she just starts crying and sobbing. And so hard she can't stand up. She's holding on the table to try to stand up. And she said, she said, I run over there and ask her, are you okay? Can I help you? And she said, no, I'm fine. She said, I don't know what to do. And I said, nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's one of the things that we see mm-hmm. over and over again. We run into see people crying. They just read something that reaches out and grabs them. And mm-hmm. I think if they go in there with an open heart and an open mind, that the Holy Spirit just shows them something that brings it home to them. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a good reminder, you know, these are such fascinating stories and to read all the different stories of Eucharistic miracles, but to think that we have the opportunity to receive that every right. single day. Yeah. Yeah. Mass. yeah, I often will say it's actually a double miracle yeah because the first miracle always takes place right uh it's this second miracle like this is the thing it's it's really a double miracle the first one is it happened jesus Mm -hmm. is present the second miracle is now we can see it in a different light Uh, but every day it's a miracle yeah like every day we witness a miracle and, uh, and, you know, we we deal with so many priests. We've been in 90 places. Mm-hmm. We've met every kind of priest you can meet. <laughs> but, what? There's, there's more than one guy? <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> but one that I'll never forget is Father George. He, is, he was from India. Mm-hmm. He spoke better English than I do. He wasn't, he didn't have a problem with his English. But he was so in love with the Eucharist. And the first, we usually go to, we'd, a lot of times we stay with the priests in the rectory. And they'd have Mass in the morning. We'd be at Mass with them. And, and the first time we went to Mass with him, something weird was happening when he was holding the host up and stuff. And I started studying him. And he's so excited about the Eucharist that when he holds the host up, He's going up on his tiptoes, and he's just bouncing. Oh, really? <laughs> so excited about the Eucharist. He was so in love with the Eucharist. It yeah. just made it melt your heart. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. 
So you're based out of Sioux Falls, or T, however you want to look at it, yeah. and you are willing to travel where? Uh, I just got a call from St. Louis. Are you kidding? <laughs> she said, you can't drive this far. I said, why not? Well, that's a long ways. I said, we've been to Bozeman, Montana. That's 1,400 miles from here. She said, oh. Oh. <laughs> been to Wichita twice. <laughs> been to Wichita twice. Now, is that because there's nobody else doing this? Or it's just... At one point, there were 29 of them traveling around the country. Okay, okay. The last I heard, there were 16 of them, and I think it's probably less than that now. Wow. But we basically go where we're called, you know, sure. and... Right. and um, the price is right. The price is right, yeah. We don't charge anything. There's no charge for it. You don't um, charge wait. anything. <laughs> what we what we ask for is we put a donation jug out. Yeah. And then we ask for uh, room a room to sleep in. Uh-huh. A lot of times, uh, what we really love, this is I really love, a lot of times the parishioners, parents, are grow, kids are gone, you know. Uh-huh. they got empty bedrooms, so they'll let us stay with that family or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Then we have supper with them, or at night we sit around the living room talking about God, and it's just wonderful. And and then we love that. But anyway, we ask for a room. We've been in hotels, and we've been in rectories, and everywhere. Uh, we ask for a donation, and whatever we get is what God brought us. We also reduce the books down to uh, poster size, uh, to eight and a half by eleven, uh-huh. printed on high quality paper, so the quality is the same as the posters. And we ask. Uh, they, uh, originally, they cost us nineteen forty-seven a piece, and we ask a twenty-dollar donation. Well, we get them a little cheaper now because we're buying more. But anything we make off of that, we, we pays for our gas and stuff sure. like this. And, and the thing that that we really try to do is we want to get away from the idea that we're making money on it. Yeah. And a lot of people think, God, they must be raking in the dough. Right. What What we do is. All the money we take in and all the bills that we have, we give to the Catholic Daughters of America and T. Uh-huh. They handle all the money. It needs two signatures on every check. They pay all the bills, and they oh. handle all the money. We don't have nothing to do with the money. I love it. Sure. But there's always more money than what we need, always. Wow. So why ask for money? Right. Jim right. will tell you about one down in, uh, Can- uh, where, where was that, down in Kansas somewhere. Remember the, the uh, Vietnamese Vietnamese people? lady, Virginia. You might have to wait if we're on a short time. <laughs> we are we are on short time. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up before we have to go is there is a certain demographic that you want to try and get into. Talk about that. What is it? The young kids. The young, oh the yeah, we 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 definitely <laughs> working with the young. We were at a Gorman one were year. Were you? And the teachers and the priests, they didn't want any part of it. But Joan said, we're yeah. having it. Yeah. So we had it, and they said, these kids are going to make so much noise, they're going to knock the posters down, and et cetera, et cetera. When we went back to pick up the exhibit, the teachers came to us, and she said, we can't believe it. She said, the kids were pulling the girls' hairs, and they're hitting each other and making all kinds of noise walking to the exhibit. Mm-hmm. Once they walked into the exhibit, you could have heard a pin drop anywhere. And we had when it was time for them to leave, they brought like one class at a time. When it's time for them to leave, we had to beg them to leave. They didn't want to leave. Yeah. Wow. So. So high schools, Newman high school. centers, parishes. Yep. We've even dealt with uh, below high school, junior high. Yeah. Um, we I gave talks to the second graders that are making their first communion and stuff. And I love it. 
I love it. So you're on the radio this morning saying that you're available to bring this display to whomever may want it. All you have to do is get in touch with Earl. And how do they do that, Earl? Well, in worst case scenario, they can call you. Yes, they can. (laughs) But other than that, probably my phone number is the best bet. Okay. And if they're like me, I I think, oh, by the time I run around, get a piece of paper, take a phone number, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, right. So what what I've been doing lately is when I'm going to take a phone number, I get my cell phone out, and I turn on the camera, and I I get the audio of him giving the phone number, and I have it oh. on my phone. Oh, Good Girl, idea. He's he's that's smart. old people have yeah, to do that. Yeah, yeah. We learn new tricks every day. But getting a hold of me best would be my phone number, okay. uh, which is, you want me to give it now? Slowly. Yeah. Slowly. Slowly. Okay. For you old people, right? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. 605-214-1620. Wonderful. Earl, thank you so much, Jim. Thank you for this great mission. How are the... The other thing that... So he talks about being just an ordinary guy, right? I'm just an ordinary Catholic guy. just an ordinary Catholic guy. and, And by all things visual you seem like an ordinary catholic guy but you're also in you're also part of the billboards that people might be seeing going up around sioux falls (laughs) i love those billboards (laughs) so if you want to be a part of those billboards it is going through earl oh and so that's why it says catholic daughters the catholic daughters handle that money too so he can't be all that ordinary can he i mean those are the best the eucharistic miracle display and then the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Immaculate Heart of Jesus, the Sacred Heart, Sacred Heart of Jesus, yeah. are up all over Sioux Falls, yeah. all over around the area, and it's spreading. And so, if you want to be a part of that, you can call Earl too. Why don't you give your phone number one more time? Six zero five two one four one six two zero. Wonderful. And we're excited to get going after this COVID kind of shut us down. We've actually done two of them since COVID hit, sure. but. Uh, it's cut down a lot of it for us for now. Wow. So, awesome. Good stuff. Thank you, gentlemen, for all that you do. Thank, Thank you, you very much. for Thank having you for us coming. on. We appreciate yeah. it. All right, Father. Wow. First hour is done. There we go. That was a great first hour. We could just <laughs> be done, right? I know. We totally oh. could. <laughs> but like, I suppose our next people would probably want us to How are we going to gonna follow in. that up? I'm not sure. Thank- thankfully, I don't have to follow it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have more Real Presence Live coming up after this break. We're going to have Catherine Bogner on with a new book that's Gospel Readings and Reflections for Kids. Ooh. So I'm excited to yeah. talk to her and see what that's all about. Stay tuned. We'll be more... We'll be back with more right after this.